Good morning and welcome to week two of physical distancing church gatherings. I hope your week has been blessed this so far and you've been taking the church to the streets in a whole new way. Uh, it, this has been a different uh, time frame for all of us and uh, it's been exciting to see how the church has gone outside of the walls in many different ways. I want to thank you for making those calls to those that you know uh, could use some encouragement. I want to thank you for sending the notes and the cards uh, and the letters uh, to people that uh, need to stay connected and engaged with the local body. I want to thank you for sending that appropriate time-sensitive text message at just the right time that somebody needed to hear. Uh, your impact in doing those things is making a difference for us to continue to stay connected and engaged. I wanted to bring a message to you today, uh, and I've entitled it, what is the posture of your attitude? And it seems a little odd for a title of a message, but I really believe that God has something for us today that can help us to continue to lean into him even more so in these days that we're facing together. So the main idea for us today is this. Are you giving to God what he requires of you? Are you giving to God what he requires of you? Our text this morning is from Malachi chapter three, and I wanna read the entire thing to you. You can follow along. We'll put it on the screen for you as well. Malachi chapter three, I wanna begin reading with verse number six and read to verse 18. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as the father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. So this morning, the main idea again, are you giving to God what he requires of you? 
What has your attitude been like as you've been giving God what he requires of you? Maybe in your life, it's been a financial issue and we read about tithing and offerings in this text. You struggle financially to give your tithe. You struggle to give to the church when, when you feel prompted or you need to. Maybe in, it, in your life, you struggle when God's asking you for your time. You struggle to spend time with him on a regular basis. Maybe you struggle in your devotional time. Maybe you struggle in volunteering at the church or in other ways that help others. Maybe it's any change in your life that you struggle with. And maybe God is asking or prompting you for change and you're not happy about it. Change is hard. And because of that, some of us think that when we hear the word change, it means that all change is bad. And we curse God in our own ways because we don't like change. We, we do that by complaining. Some of us go and complain to the pastor, or even worse, we go and complain to those around us and try to talk to our neighbors about our complaints and our issues. Or maybe we even deal with change and cursing God by digging our heels in and saying, you know what, I am not doing this. There is no way I'm going to move. But what if change was God's way of giving us an opportunity for something new? What if change was God's blessing in our lives if we would just obey him? Verse six of our text reminds us of a constant theme and a reality that we must never forget. Verse number six says this, I, the Lord, do not change. You see, change is hard. It's costly, but it's not always bad. You see, our family has changed a lot over the years. We have moved a lot, and moving is one of those great things that brings a lot of change. And one of the things that happens in those times is as parents, as, as the, the caretakers of our family, uh, there's been times in my own life as I've been ready to move my family that I've been scared. I've been scared of that change. Uh, and I've been scared because there's a lot that goes into it. Something new, new family, new friends to make, new home to live in, the moving expenses and all that goes in with that. And it's just hard sometimes to, to move and to go into those things. One particular time we were newlyweds and we were very, very poor and we were struggling to make ends meet, but we felt God was calling us to move. And that scared me. It scared me because I just didn't know how things were gonna work out. But the good news is, is that God blesses our obedience. You see, every time that we've been obedient to God's change in our life, he's blessed us. When we moved from Salina to Wichita, Kansas, and then to Illinois from Kansas City, to Missouri from Illinois, to Oklahoma from Missouri, and now back to Illinois from Oklahoma. We have been blessed everywhere we have followed God's direction. So the question to you this morning remains the same. Are you giving to God what he requires of you? In verse seven, we see he says to us, return to me and I will return to you. The people ask again, and I believe we ask the same thing sometimes, especially when we think we're walking with God already and we're in a relationship with him. We ask the question, well, God, how do we return to you? We pray this verse, you know, if my people will, who are called by my name will humble themselves and, and turn from their wicked ways. And well, if we're Christians, how do we pray that and we say that when we're really trying to walk with him already? 
And God is saying to us, return to me and I will return to you. What does that really mean? Well, the easy answer for us today is repentance. Repentance means we turn away from the way we are going and we turn back to the things of God. But I believe that there's more that's required of us than just repentance. If we want to experience the change that God has for us as individuals, as a church, as a country, I believe we must repent. But then we must continue to lean in to what God is asking of us. In order to truly return to God, we must lean in to his will and his way for our lives. It's another step deeper in our walk with him. We must seek him first above all else. We must have an attitude of surrender in our lives as we give up control of our lives and surrender to whatever God wants from us. Are you giving to God what he requires of you? You see, this text is used a lot to preach about tithing and giving of our resources and our money. And that is part of this for sure. I believe that. But when we are surrendered to God in our lives, tithing becomes an act of worship. And it's something that we become cheerful about doing as we follow him. But when we are not surrendered to the life God wants for us, tithing can be hard. It's not comfortable and it's change that we do not like. You see, change is hard. Change usually means there's a lack of control and lack of a control usually leads to fear. When we're scared, it's natural for us to hold tight to those things that are close to us. We hold tight to our finances when we're struggling uh, to surrender it all to God. We, we hold tight to our relationships, our, our family and our friends and our, our significant others and coworkers. We, we cling to those things that we want control of. We cling tightly to our will and our way of doing things. In order for us to give God what he requires of us, we must repent, but we also must surrender. We must return to God and give him everything. And in doing that, he will return to us. Malachi teaches us that we must bring our tithes and offerings, our surrender into the storehouse in verse 10. That term storehouse is an interesting term. And as you study that, that term, it means to bring it into a local place where livelihood is happening. Example, to give you an example of this, the priests in the Old Testament, they would talk about the storehouse and the tithes and the offerings were not just money. It was food. It was food from their crops. It was animals from their flocks and their herds. And, and those, those tithes were brought into the local temple and, the, and the, the place where the priests were. And the priests literally lived off of those tithes and offerings because they were the men of God that were called at that time. You see, if those tithes and offerings, those total surrenders of those people's lives were not brought into the storehouse, then life would be hard. I want to introduce you to a new way of thinking of this term storehouse for a moment. We, as human beings, can become God's storehouse. If we are surrendered to him in our lives with everything, we become God's dwelling place. The Bible is very clear to us that when we repent of our sins and we invite Jesus into our lives, that he comes in and he dwells within us. He lives in us, but we must give him our life. 100%. 
We bring our tithes and our offerings, our total surrender into his storehouse. Our life becomes his storehouse when we are totally surrendered to him. But if we don't give God 100% of us to his storehouse, God cannot live there and give us the full blessing that he intends for us to have. So he says to us in our text, return to me and I will return to you. How do we return to him? We surrender our entire life over to him, 100%, all in for Christ. So the question still remains today. Are you giving to God what he requires of you? As we continue to read this account of Malachi, we see something else that has a great impact on this approach uh, to our Christian walk. And we see that we can change some things in order to please an unchanging God. In verse 13, the prophet writes this, you have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. How have we spoken arrogantly against you, God? He goes on to say, you say things like it's futile to serve God. What does that really mean for us today? That means that we wonder and we question if God's plan is good enough, if it's worth it for us to serve him. In other words, we're not surrendered to him if we're really questioning his will and his way. It's futile to serve God when we believe that we live against his plan for our lives. We go against his will for us personally. We dig our heels in and go against his will for the church. And we dig our heels in and we go against his will for even our country and our nation. We think we know better than anybody else around us. And we have an arrogance about our, our approach to life and our approach to the things that God is calling us to. And when we have that kind of attitude and we think that we're better than anybody else or that we know better than anybody else, it just does not look good in our witness to Christ. It's futile to serve God when we don't give ourselves over to him 100%. In other words, have we given God our attitude about life, our attitude and our approach to trying to live for him in our own strength and our own power? When we think we know better than anyone else around us, but we really are not surrendered at all to what God is wanting. We are arrogant towards God. We think we know best and he doesn't. You see, our attitude, our Christian walk and our relationship with Christ speaks volumes to those people around us. When we're leaning into him and we're surrendering our life to him, his way in our lives, we truly are giving him what he's requiring of us. But when we have an attitude or our posture of our attitude is arrogance and, and flippancy against those that, that are trying to care for us, it reflects our relationship with God. Are we fully surrendered to him? Are we giving God what he requires of us? What is the posture of your attitude today? How are you describing what's happening in our world to those around us? How are you expressing your frustration or your, your issues with the things that are going on about around us? Are you following the recommendations to help others and surrender your understanding and your will to something that's out of your control? You see, your surrender to God involves how we treat others around us too. 
Are you praying and leaning into God during this time like never before? Or are you just hoping and waiting and longing for things to return to normal so we can get back to the way they were? We don't like change. We just want it to be the way it was. I'm here to tell you that this change that is happening to us is for good. It's for us to know that God can move in different ways. It's for us to realize that he has control and that we can do things differently and it's still okay. When we surrender to him and we give him our everything and we bring it to his storehouse and we become his storehouse, we become totally surrendered to him. Our posture changes. And in our text, there are blessings that follow this posture change. The blessings to following are a mandate. They're a requirement from God. It's his way of saying, this is what I will do for you when you totally surrender to me. Three quick blessings that he guarantees us in our text. Number one, he says in verse six, I, the Lord, do not change. He does not and he will not change. His requirement, though, stays the same for us. We must surrender everything to him. We must give him our tithes and our offerings. And what that means for us today is a total commitment to him. All in. He will not change. We must surrender to him. The second blessing is this. He says to us, open the floodgates of heaven and I will pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it all. <laughs> this is the only place in scripture where God says, test me in this. Test me in this and see. You see, I believe that if we lean into him, if we change our ways and we commit our will to his will, he will pour out so much blessing on our life that we won't even know how to explain it. It will be immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. Why? Because we are totally and completely surrendered to him. We are giving him our everything. We're bringing it to the storehouse. He will bless us with the blessings of heaven. Number three is this. We will be God's treasured possession. He goes on to say he will spare them. Who's he talking about? He's talking about us, those who commit to him. If we continually posture ourselves to be surrendered to his will and his way every single day, he will bless us. But not only that, he will use us. He will not forget us. He will not forsake us. He will spare us on the day of judgment. So the question remains to you today. Are you giving to God what he requires of you? What he's asking us today is this. Will you bring your tithes and offerings, your complete and total surrender of your life to him? Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. So what is the posture of your attitude towards God today? Are you willing to go all in? Are you willing to lean in even more in these days and age in which we're in? Are you willing to give him your everything and to say, you know what? Times are different. The normal is different. Change is hard, but the change that I'm willing to commit is I'm willing to say, God, I'm all in for you. God requires us to give him ourselves. 
100% all in. Will you change your attitude this week, this day, this moment to posture yourself in a position that it gives you complete surrender and control over to God? He will guide and direct us every single day when we do. The Bible says he will not lead us into temptation, but he will deliver us from the evil one. Let's keep that in mind as we totally surrender to him. Would you give God a chance today? Would you lean in a little bit more? Would you press in a little bit closer? He wants an intimate relationship with his people. I hope you will give him a chance today. Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful for your love for us. We're thankful for your creation, how you, how you have built us. You have knit us together in our mother's wombs. Before we even knew what life was going to be like, you knew us personally and you loved us. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for this challenge for me this week of saying, where's your attitude, BJ? Where's your attitude towards others and those around you? Where's your attitude towards the nation and the country and what's going on? Does your attitude reflect a relationship with God? God, I pray that today, that every person watching this today would do a self-check. Are we completely surrendered to you? Are we giving you what you require of us? Total and complete surrender. God, I pray as we do that today, we turn our lives over to you. We repent and we surrender to you today. You would return to us. You would heal our land and you would continue to guide and direct us to show your love and your grace and your mercy to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen and amen. It's good to be with you today. I can't wait to see you in person. Have a great week. God bless you.